Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Hey, everybody. This is Jay Baer, founder of Convince and Convert. Before Joey and Dan kick off the show, wanted to tell you about some of the other sponsors bringing you experience this this week, in addition to our friends at Oracle CX, TechSmith. TechSmith makes it super easy to create professional videos and images with leading tools like Snagit and Camtasia, which we use all the time. Everyone can take custom screenshots, screencasts, and videos. You don't have to be a graphic designer. You can do it yourself. If you need to share campaign results with people who aren't familiar with what a CTA is, a PPC, an SERP, you can use Snagit to capture those results and share them out as screenshots. Super easy to use incredibly, incredibly powerful. Visit techsmith.com slash experience this for a free download. Techsmith.com slash experience this. Now, here's Joey and Dan with this week's Experience This. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss how even a public bathroom can become an experience. Why brands and customers are still not seeing eye to eye and how the simplest answer is often the best answer. Peeing, agreeing, and foreseeing. Oh, my. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty-gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. All right, Joey. So we talk a lot on this show about making sure that you get the little things right, the, the things that your customers may not even be expecting you to pay any attention to. But when you do and when you make something remarkable that's completely unexpected, it is something that people talk about. And I wanted to share with you an example of this that really blew my mind. So at the beginning of March, I was in San Diego for Social Media Marketing World. And I know you know the conference very well because we met uh, we, we met for the second time. We re-sparked and reignited our long-distance relationship when we saw each other many years after our first meeting when we reconnected at Social Media Marketing World. Michael Stelzer puts on a heck of an event. It's awesome. Loved attending that last year. Yeah, it's a great conference. And this year it was up to 5,000 people. And every wow. year, they uh, every year for the opening night party, they rent out the USS Midway, which is an air, a retired aircraft carrier. It is, of course, gigantic, and it's a great place for a party, frankly. And so, totally. they, you know, lots of room for food and walking around. You get to go see some of the planes, and they have lots of people, you know, demoing things. It's very, very cool. So, uh, because it was a party and, um, and there were both alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages being consumed, Ooh, I found my myself, kind of party. Yes. I found myself eventually making my way to the bathroom. And, uh, I've been in this place now five times. And so I kind of knew what the bathroom looked like. And I was very surprised when I walked over to the urinal. 
Not exactly sure where this is going, but alrighty. I want to I want to warn some of our listeners here that you know we're we're going to be talking about bathrooms for a moment here, and then we promise we'll get off it quickly. But the interesting thing about this urinal is the bottom of the urinal was green, and uh, there was a plastic soccer goal that was in the bottom of the urinal and a ball that was hanging from a string. So use your imagination here, Joey. The soccer ball hangs from the string right, right in right. front I get of it. the goal. I get it. I get and it. I'm, you... I'm tracking. <laughs> okay. When you so, use the restroom for what it was intended for, you can move the ball. Yes. And so obviously this is something different. And, uh, you know, even though you're not supposed to do these kinds of things, I obviously took out my camera and took a picture of it. So we'll have it in the show notes, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the San Diego County Jail. (laughs) (laughs) So why am I talking about urinals, Joey? That's a really good question. I'm wondering, too. (laughs) I think I've I've lost even my co-host here. So what I thought was remarkable about this was this was an experience that even a customer experience guy was surprised by. And, you know, you walk into the bathroom and you just expect to, you know, do your thing and walk out. And somebody thought enough to create an experience out of a urinal. And that, to me, was just unbelievable. I mean, who would do that? And why would they do that? But it got me thinking, and and I actually ended up in my presentation at Social Media Marketing World, I ended up putting up a picture of said urinal, and I asked the audience, if somebody can make an experience out of a urinal, what can you do to make an experience for your business? And after all the laughter died down, people started nodding their heads. Yeah, and I can definitely see that because, you know, and folks listening at home or listening along as you drive or work out or wherever you enjoy listening to experience this, this isn't, and I, I get your point, Dan, this isn't about the urinal, right? The point of this story, in case you missed it, is every single interaction, the most minute details of the interactions you have with your customer are an opportunity for you to create something remarkable, an opportunity for you. And but the very definition of remarkable is worthy of talking about. And ironically enough, that's what Dan is doing, right? He had an experience that was so shocking, that was so different, that was so unexpected that he has to tell the story, not only during his presentation at the event the next day, but here on the show sometime later. So moral of the story, I think, for all of us is what are the little aspects of our business that are potentially overlooked that by paying a little more attention to, we can create a magical moment or something that really captures the attention or the eye of our customers? Yeah, I agree, Joey. I think that Again, what what made this so interesting to me was I wanted to meet the guy or gal that created this. And I wanted to bring that person to my business and have them look at everything that we do and see if they could use that same creativity in different areas. And, you know, I think you you if you didn't say this, you you probably implied it that these things don't have to be expensive either. I mean, I remember recently we talked about uh, the Metro train and, and the uh, the little piece of paper they give people when they're late that, that costs almost nothing. And yet it 
it drastically affects the experience. So I don't want people to think they have to go out and spend lots of money to do this kind of things. But I do think that you have to spend the time to put yourself in the customer's shoes, understand where they're going to go if it's a physical location, where they're going to go in your business. If it's a digital location, you know, every page of your website is an experience or, or your mobile app. And I think that's the kind of attention to detail that you and I are always preaching on the show. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things where this doesn't have to be an earth shattering activity as much as it has to be a, a little thing that is going to make the customer say, huh, that that was unexpected or I didn't see that coming. Uh, recently, I found myself in the lobby uh, of a corporate office and I was waiting for a meeting and they had a kind of a power outlet box on top of one of the tables in the waiting room. And not only could you plug in your laptop or whatever device to a regular electrical outlet, but they had a little hub of chargers. Uh, you know, I, I certainly noticed that the iPhone charger was there and there were a bunch of other little dongles that you could attach and charge your phone with. And I thought to myself, you know, this is a small investment, less than $20 that they put in the lobby that I guarantee there are people sitting in the lobby waiting for a meeting who say, oh, well, that's kind of nice. I can plug in and charge my phone a little bit while I wait. And so I, to me, the point is, what are those little interactions? And, you know, we, we talked about the lobby. We talked about the bathroom. Think about the places in your office where guests visit the most and think about making those places where you put your emphasis or your focus. You know, I've been to plenty of uh, office buildings where they have a parking garage that it feels like no one in the business cares about. No one that has an office in the corporation cares about because the garage is maybe filthy or it's not well lit, uh, you know, or there's not clear signage. And as a result, if you're coming to visit, I had this recently, I was speaking at an event and we show up to the parking garage and I park the car and I have no idea where to go. I know I'm in the proper parking garage for the building that I need to be in, but because of the twists and turn within the garage, I can't get out. And what I figured out is you have to kind of go down a level and then up two levels to get to the walkway into the building. But there's no way you would know that if you hadn't A, been there before, or B, did what I did, which is just kind of hang out in the garage long enough until somebody was walking into the building who clearly knew what they were doing. So every touch point, every interaction, especially if you have any type of a physical location, is really something that you should be paying attention to. So I think the takeaways here are pretty simple. The first is, if someone can make an experience out of a urinal, you can surely make an experience out of your business. The second is, customer experiences can occur absolutely anywhere. So think outside the box. Third, get creative. Sometimes it's the most unexpected experiences that are the most memorable. There are so many great customer experience articles to read. But who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. This week's CX Press comes to us from Jennifer King of eMarketer Retail. It's called Brands and Consumers Differ on What Makes a Poor Brand Experience. So InMoment surveyed 2,000 U.S. internet users and 1,000 U.S. brand professionals back in December. 
And the results showed that brands don't seem to be in touch with what consumers are thinking. Shocking. One key finding in the survey was that nearly three quarters, 74% to be exact, of internet users said that interaction with staff, whether it's a poor attitude or lack of knowledge, can lead to a negative experience. Meanwhile, brands significantly underestimated the real damage employees can do to their customer experience. Just 29% of brand professionals said that interaction with staff can contribute to a lackluster experience. So here's how that works, folks. 74% 74 of the customers said that the staff can make a bad experience, and yet only 29% of the brands, the companies, felt that their employees could make a bad experience. That's a huge difference in the opinion between the customer and the brand. 41% of consumers also cited the ability of staff to help when needed, whereas only 28% of brand professionals listed this. So basically, there's a pretty strong disconnect between what the customers feel are the key movers in the overall brand experience and what the brands feel are the key movers in the brand experience. Yeah, and I thought it was important that this was really about the people aspect of the experience is that consumers are saying the people aspect is really important. And so the other stat that stood out to me in this article was that the lack of understanding of my needs and the product or service was not what I was expecting. Both of those had big differences as well. The first one was 46% to 26%. And then the second one was 40 to 27. And so this is suggesting that to me anyway, that brands are not taking the time to understand consumers expectations or to help set those expectations if it is something that they're not able to deliver. So you've got the people aspect of that consumers are saying the people are really important and I expect the staff to be knowledgeable and have a good attitude and, and be available. But then also I want them to understand my needs and my expectations so that they can meet or exceed them. I think this disconnect between what the customer is looking for or thinking or how they're evaluating the in-person interactions versus how the brands are evaluating the in-person interactions probably speaks to a lot of the frustration that both parties actually have. I think the good news, though, is that most brands, while they may not place as high a value on the inhuman interactions or the human interactions, not inhuman in a bad way, rather in-person uh, interactions, they do recognize that they need to do better. Last August, there was a different survey of marketers uh, who were asked about the ability of their company to deliver great customer experiences. Now, what was interesting about this is it asked the survey respondents to rank their ability to deliver on customer experiences as excellent, very good, good but needs improvement, not very good, or doing a bad job. And I suppose the good news for customers everywhere is that the biggest category of responses or the response that got the most uh, answers was good but needs improvement. We're meeting basic expectations, but there is room for improvement. So the good news is 43%, almost half of the respondents felt 
we're okay, but we know we could be a lot better. Uh, the other categories just kind of evened out. And I think what this tells us is that there's at least some level of awareness within organizations or at least within marketers that they know they could be doing a better job. But I think in order to do that better job and to fix the customer experience, the brands are really going to need to understand the customer's expectations, be aware of what they want fixed, and at least based on the survey we talked about at the beginning of this segment, focus more on the people. Focus on the staff member who can help them find what they're looking for, making sure that the staff has a lack of or has a, a significant base of knowledge to answer questions, making sure the staff has a positive attitude, that those things are actually what the customers are seeking and the brands are currently failing to deliver. So, Joe, I want to I want to dig a little deeper into this because I've worked at three very large companies and you have consulted with many, many large companies and worked for the government, which is, you know, the largest company there is. It's its, its own its own brand issues. And yeah. And so I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on how it is that companies seem to be aware of the fact that they need to make change, but they seem to not be able to go and make the right change. I think that's really fascinating. I, I think it is. I also think, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be hard on the, the larger companies, but I, I think in some ways it's indicative of the human condition. What I mean by that is I know that a bag of Doritos is not a good choice for me. I know that I shouldn't eat Doritos. And yet, sometimes when I'm on the road, I find myself picking up a sandwich at, you know, an airport uh, sandwich place. And invariably, if they have Doritos, I'm going to grab a bag. Now, that's not me being critical of Doritos before we get all kinds of people saying Doritos are bad. But it's definitely the case that, uh, you know, a bag of Doritos is not the healthiest possible choice. And yet I still like the way it tastes and I still want it. And I think the analogy to the business setting is often I think employees recognize that the experience needs to be better and could be better and should be better. But for whatever reason, they don't make that decision to be part of the solution. And I think part of that is not feeling empowered. I think that part of that is a belief that, oh, well, that falls into some other department, kind of the siloing of corporate America. Um, I think those things are contributing it to it when I think in reality – what most managers and business owners and leaders should be doing is trying to instill a belief in all of their employees that everyone is in sales, everyone is in marketing, and everyone is in customer experience. And so, you know, kind of empowering people to take more responsibility for improving the overall brand experience. Yeah, I think the word empowerment is right. Because as you were talking, kind of what I was thinking was many times you've got the CEO saying, we have to have a better customer experience, right? Because they're reading all the articles too. And they understand that this is something that they need to be focused on. But I'm not sure that when it trickles down to your daily workers, that they feel any empowerment at all to change the experience. Or if they do have empowerment, it is only in the little area of the world that they control, which is gen which tends to be small because companies tend to be siloed. And, and oftentimes, a manager or even a director level only controls one little piece of the experience. And so even if they could improve that piece, 
uh, you know, the, where the customer is coming from and where they're going to next may still be disastrous. And so I, I do think you're right that it is that it's incumbent upon companies to make sure that everyone feels that they're part of the customer experience. But I also think that on top of that, you have to have somebody own it because too often what I've seen is when something like customer experience is everyone's job, then it becomes no one's job. You know, it becomes half of 1% of everybody's goals. And so no one pays attention to it. I definitely agree. And I think you're right. Someone has to own it. And the person who owns it needs to be high enough in the organizational hierarchy that they have status in the room and that they can have the ear of the CEO or the CFO and, and the senior management team and really make sure that you know, the voice of the customer and, you know, the customer experience needs are being heard at the top echelons of the company. Another thing I will say about this is I think many, many leaders have a presumption that their employees know what good customer experience or a great customer experience actually is. I found myself in a scenario recently uh, talking to a CEO where he was saying, we want Ritz-Carlton service. We want first-class service. We want white glove service. I said, okay, that, that makes sense. And we got the whole team together in a room and I said, all right, so the CEO has said, that they want, you know, Ritz Carlton service, first class service, you know, white glove service. Have you all heard that? And raise your hand if you've heard the CEO talking about this. And all the hands went up in the room. And I said, okay. And the CEO's kind of looking and smiling. I said, all right. Now here's a question. How many of you have ever spent the night in the Ritz Carlton? And the CEO proudly raised his hand and the CFO raised his hand and not another person in the room raised their hand. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, how many of you have flown first class? And again, the CEO and the CFO raised their hand. And now the head of sales raised their hand, but no one else raised their hand. And I said, okay, one last question. How many of you have ever eaten at a restaurant where your food is delivered on a tray by someone wearing white gloves? And again, it was the CEO and the CFO. And I turned to the CEO and I said, it's really difficult to expect our employees to create remarkable, amazing, world-class experiences when they've never experienced them themselves. And I think that is a piece of the puzzle that many managers overlook. We're asking our employees to deliver these fantastic experiences when the reality is the bar for customer experience, as we've talked about on the show many, many times, is lying on the ground. And so the average employee doesn't have a library of amazing customer experiences that they've uh, personally been witness to and partaken of. And, you know, maybe they've read about it or heard about it. But if you've if you've never gotten onto an airplane and turned left to go to first class and have only sat in coach or even worse, in the back row that doesn't recline, you know, with your knees pressed up against your chest because there's no leg room. It's really hard for you to know the completely different experience of flying with leg rooms, with someone who calls you by name, with not feeling like you're sitting on the lap of the person next to you. So I think something we need to do as businesses is make sure that our employees are having the chance on a pretty regular basis to sample those types of experiences that we're hoping they create for our customers. 
Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I guess I would add on that is that not every company needs to be like Ritz-Carlton and needs to have white glove service. And so this is why I always advocate that you become a customer of your own business, if at all possible. And then just sort of use your own common sense in terms of what you like and dislike about other experiences, right? If you've ever shopped at Amazon, you know it's easy. Well, if you have a website, go onto your website and see if you would also think that it's easy. It doesn't, I don't think that every experience has to be first class because it depends on what business you're in. But the reason why those companies are often cited is because they do a great job thinking about the little details and making them perfect so that when you're in first class, it's not just about the legroom, but it's about them calling you by name, et cetera. So I think if you can become a customer of your own business and you can take whatever your experience is dealing with other companies and whether you sit in coach or sit in first class, you've had experiences on an airplane, take those experiences and try to apply them to your own business. So I'm going to jump to our three takeaways. Uh, the first is that brands must talk with and listen to their customers to understand their needs and their pain points. Because obviously, the whole point of this story is that is that there's a big discrepancy between what companies and what consumers think need to be fixed. The second is that customer service remains a key piece of the customer experience puzzle. As this survey showed, consumers feel that the interactions that they have with people at your company are some of the most important in determining whether they have a good experience or a lackluster, love that word, experience with your company. And finally, the third is that understanding that you need to do better is the first step. So it's nice in that second survey that most company executives realize that improvement needed to happen. So the first step is always acknowledging you have a problem. And then the steps that you take after that are going to be critical to changing the outcome. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? So, Joey, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a big Cubs fan. Really? A uh, are you a fan of the Chicago Cubs, Dan? Yeah, the world champion Chicago the Cubs. world I champion? Am. I'm sorry, I forgot to use their modifier. The world champion Chicago Cubs? Indeed, I am a fan. And I'm also a fan of their future Hall of Fame manager, Joe Madden. And one of the things I love about Joe is he has all these great mantras that he that he shares with his players. And I think if you put them all together, he's you know he's actually going to be a business consultant one day because all of his baseball mantras work well in business. And the, my favorite one, and I think uh, listeners have heard me talk about this before, is do simple better. And I think that that is such a great mantra. When he's talking about baseball, he's talking about you know when you hit the ball, run hard to first base every time because you don't you never know what's going to happen. The fielder might bobble it or whatever it is. So do the simple things that you can control better. And I think that's a terrific uh, expression for customer experience. And I was thinking about this when I was at an Italian restaurant in Chicago called Osteria Via Stato. And Ooh, uh, sounds fancy. It's, it's very fancy. No, it's not. It's a, it's a great, great Italian restaurant. It's part of the Let Us Entertain You chain, which owns uh, about, I don't know, it's got to be like 50 restaurants in the Chicago area. And they're known for great service. They're known for huge portions. And they're really known for you know, frankly, a great experience. 
But this was a little thing. And and when I think of do simple better, I often think about the, the little things that make a big difference. So at Osteria Viastato, there are two sides to the restaurant. There's an Osteria side and there's a pizzeria side. And those two sides are big dining rooms, each one of them. It's a very busy place. And they're separated by these two wooden swinging doors. And I'm going to post a picture of this on our show notes at experiencethis.com so you can see them. But it's it, there's these two swinging doors. And one of the doors says the word yes. And the other door says the word no. And I absolutely love this because it was pretty obvious which way you were supposed to go through, right? And 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 what I what I thought was so interesting was how many times have you or somebody you know or someone you're with been standing in a door pulling, 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 and then you look down and it says push, right? Or you're pushing, 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 and you look down and it says pull. And and as I was thinking about it, I was thinking that the words push and pull, they're both four-letter words, they both start with P-U. And it is possible that our brains kind of jump to a conclusion too quickly. And that is one of the reasons why you see people doing that so often. Whereas yes and no are so easy to understand. And I sat there and watched these doors. And you know what? No one made a mistake. And no waiters crashed into patrons and no patrons were sitting there not knowing which side to go in. It was completely obvious. And I loved it just because it was so incredibly simple that it was doing simple better. Absolutely. I mean, I think when we think of the push pull, I, I've always wondered why do they put push handles on pull doors? Uh, and it sounds like this is a nice solution to that, right? That we're going to be able to say yes or no. And the way you describe the doors, it sounds like they're, you know, they're swinging doors in a restaurant. So I imagine people are moving through those doors rather quickly. And the the likelihood of a door flying open and slamming into someone carrying food, going between or even just walking between the t- the two sides of the restaurant or the the, the osteria and the pizzeria uh, is probably pretty high. So, uh, you know, that idea of having it say yes or no, I think is actually quite brilliant. You know, I found myself uh, in a hotel recently down in Austin uh, at the W Hotel for attending. I was there attending South by Southwest. And when I went into the hotel and I, I, I'm a Starwood guy, I love staying in heart Starwood hotels. And when I walked in, I noticed that on one of the light switches right next to the front door, someone had done a printout label on the switch that said master. And I spend enough time in hotels. I know you spend a lot of time in hotels as well, Dan, that having a single switch that turns off all the lights in the room is kind of a powerful and useful thing. And it's also certainly environmentally conscious. Uh, It makes navigating the room a lot easier when you come back at night and being able to just power up all the lights in the room at once or power them all off. And I thought that was pretty cool. What I happened to notice as I got settled into the room and started to get ready to do some work is I couldn't find the power outlet at the desk for my laptop. And I'm looking around on the top of the desk and I'm looking to see if they have one of those kind of fancy light fixtures where, you know, they have the table lamp with the outlet plugs on the base of the lamp. And I'm looking around and I'm not seeing anything. And I kind of push my chair back a little bit and I see on the desk written the word down a little bit lower outlets. As it turns out, the power outlets were under the desk, but not on the wall, actually under the desk 
as part of the desk. So kind of a weird location or a non-obvious location. But the W Hotel had decided to put a little sticker that would point guests in the right direction. Now, if any of our listeners, you've not stayed at the W, they hold themselves out and, and really, I think, deliver on this experience of being kind of an upscale, hip, modern hotel with high fashion sense. And so I imagine there was someone that was a bit frustrated that they would put stickers saying master or saying outlets on the furniture and on the light switch. But the reality is, as a customer, I found both of those things to be very useful because they adopted that philosophy of doing simple better, making sure that the little basic obvious things they really delivered on those. Yeah. And if you take it a step further and you said, you know, very well that in the restaurant, the reason for the yes, no is to prevent either customers or uh, staffers holding big trays of food from getting crashed into and injured and, you know, food falling on the floor. But in the hotel, you're probably reducing phone calls to the front desk of where the heck are the outlets. And they probably got enough of those phone calls that they finally said, you know what, we got to proactively tell people where the outlets are because it isn't obvious. And those are both great examples of doing simple better. I want to give a quick example of the opposite of doing simple better. And that is that I got a text when I landed at the airport recently. I got a text from my airline that said, welcome to so-and-so airport. Your baggage claim is... And then the message stopped. And so there was... (laughs) That's useful. Your baggage claim is never. You have no baggage. You will not get it from anyone. You know, the technology is probably good enough that if they don't have the baggage claim number, they could set it so that it just doesn't send the text. But instead, they send the text without the number. And that's not doing simple better, right? Because that's a that should be a pretty simple fix. So anyway, uh, Joey, I'm going to send it over to you to uh, do our takeaways. All righty. So our takeaways, number one, we've got to go back to the manager of the Cubs and do simple better, right? Keep it simple. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the keep it simple, stupid model, right? But just that mantra of keep it simple, wherever possible, reduce the number of interactions, reduce the friction point, get down to the basic things that are needing to happen. Because let's be candid, we've got a lot going on in our lives as human beings, both your employees and your customers. And wherever we can simplify is going to be a good thing. Number two, simple is good for everyone. Uh, you know, I told the story about the outlet sticker at the W Hotel in Austin. And, you know, Dan brings up an excellent point. That's going to reduce calls to the front desk saying, I can't find the outlet to plug in my laptop. So when you use techniques that lean towards more simple solutions, it actually frees up more time for your employees because they're not needing to explain things that are more complex in nature. And a result, as a result, it gives them the opportunity to focus more on serving and creating experiences instead of troubleshooting. Uh, number three, put yourself in your customer's shoes. Okay, they're novice. They're new to your brand. They haven't stayed at your hotel. They haven't been in your office. They haven't, you know, this may be the first time to your restaurant. Make it easy for them. Do more hand-holding. Make sure that the customer feels comfortable navigating through the various aspects of your business. And if you do keep it simple and you do make simple better, you will have a remarkable customer experience. 
listen in while we try to stump and surprise each other with a fantastic statistic from the worlds of customer experience and customer service. It's time to check out this number. This week's number is 45%. Joey, what do you think it means? I'm going to guess that 45% is the number of people at the Irish bar on St. Patrick's Day going bonkers who are actually of Irish descent. Wow. I think that number is probably high. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Good guess. Uh, Actually, 45% represents the percentage of attendees from a recent Oracle CX webinar who believe that customers want them to do a lot and that those expectations are not unrealistic. And what was interesting is that 11% felt that their customers want them to do a a lot more than is realistic right now. So let me make sure I understand this. 45% believe that their customers want them to do a lot and the companies agree that that's not unrealistic. But 11% believe that customers want them to do more than is actually realistic. Correct. And I think the 11% is probably also closer to the number of people in the bar that are actually Irish, but I'm off track. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's probably true. I, I I can see this. You know, I think there is uh, this reiterates the point we made earlier in the show, which I'm guessing might be why this was a statistic you picked, Dan, that the customers are expecting a lot and businesses recognize for the most part that those expectations are not unrealistic, meaning the business realizes it could be doing more. And so if that's the case, folks, and we recognize almost half of people recognize that we could be creating better customer experiences, maybe we should stop talking about it and stop thinking about it and start doing it. I couldn't agree more. And this stat, by the way, is brought to you by our friends and sponsors at Oracle CX Cloud. And there is... Still time to sign up for their Modern Customer Experience Conference right here in Chicago, Illinois, April 10th through 12th. Does your company meet the expectations of today's empowered customers? Are you leading business transformation or stuck trying to catch up? At the Modern Customer Experience Conference, you'll hear success stories from companies just like yours. Have the opportunity to go one-on-one with Oracle experts and to improve your skills through hands-on demos and workshops. Go to oracle.com slash moderncx to register for the Modern Customer Experience Conference, Chicago, April 10th to 12th. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This. Experience This.